I'm your host, Aaron Groves, and welcome to the Pop Podcast. Hey, 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 guys, and welcome back to the Pop Podcast. I am so happy to be back for yet another week and another amazing guest. I hope everyone had a fabulous weekend. And this is my first pre recorded intro because this guest and I just got to talking and I felt like we were going right into the episode. So I just wanted to continue the natural conversation that happens before I start recording the podcast. So To give her a little bit of an intro, her name is Kenzie Elizabeth. A lot of you may follow her on Instagram at Kenzie Elizabeth. She is the host of her own podcast, I Love You So Much. The breadwinning housewife is all her brand, and she is now the founder of Kind with one of her best friends. So without further ado, let's get right into the episode me no one who's doing more than you will ever have something to say so it's just like it's i'm it gets to the point too where like yeah we're as it gets worse you'll be like i'm tired of it like i just don't you know i you kind of just mentioned as we were talking earlier that you started this whole thing at 16 Mm -hmm. what prompted the youtube so i had a i have a great family i had a great home life but i had a very tumultuous home life Family, our family dynamics. I mean, we're very close, but like very dysfunctional. Just a luck. It all started and happened in my childhood. And I think my home life, when I didn't feel safe or comfortable, I was talking about this like today, actually. YouTube was my safe space. Like I, it was my escape. And so it was something that really called me if I was having like an anxiety attack or sad or whatever it was, I would watch YouTube videos. And that was where I, I found like my comfort. And it was really just like my safe space. And so when I started my YouTube channel, you know, 16, so young, um, it was like my intentions like couldn't have been more pure. I was like, if I could do that for someone else, so that's really all I want to do um, because it just made such a big impact on me. And I loved clothes and fashion and makeup. And like, I grew up wanting to, I didn't even watch the Hills or anything, but I like wanted to be Lauren Conrad because she had books and like different business ventures and things, um, which like, I literally don't even know that much about her, but I was like, I want to be Lauren Conrad, like that sort of vibe. So that is how it started. That's so, you hear a lot of times too, and then obviously it's morphed into the podcast and a lot of other things which which we'll get into, but you hear a lot of times, and I ask almost every single entrepreneur that I know, like where did it stem from? And 99% of them are, when I was a kid, this event happened and it triggered me to go down this valley. So you started YouTube at 16 and from, obviously I've done some research and listened to a lot of your podcasts and followed you for some time. So this has been your full-time career since you were 16, you never gone into the corporate world. What has that experience been like for you as, I don't know if you're the only one in your friend group who's gone down this digital route? Cause it's a very new thing and yeah. now it's literally blowing up, but you got into it before it really took off. Yeah. At the time, um, growing up and there is another girl in my hometown who now does YouTube and is like killing it. I love her. Kylie Ross. She's great. Um, but at the time I was the only person doing it then, but I will say I've had the girls I went to Cabo with this weekend, like Danielle Brooke and I have been friends since I was 16. Like I've had a very, very strong group of friends who were in the same world that we traveled together. And we just did so much together. We're not just like internet friends. Like we're actually friends. Like those, yeah. they'll be at my wedding. Like we're very, very close. So on one end, like I, in Texas, I didn't really have that, but I moved out like pretty soon after that. And then I had a ton of friends around me doing it. Now that I'm back in Dallas, it is funny though. I think when I moved to LA and I ended up going to college, like I did go to college there, but people were like, what are you going to do after YouTube? Like, this is not going to be anything, whatever. And I always just had like a bigger vision for it, knowing that eventually it would just lead into other business endeavors and I would essentially be an entrepreneur. But then after college, I was the only one who like still had a job because we unfortunately like graduated in 2020. So it's like everyone kept telling me not to do something because it wasn't the traditional thing. And not that I don't want it. Like that was the last thing I wanted for any of my friends. But it was just interesting, like listening to my gut because I was like, I really got so lucky to still have a job at the time, whatever. But it is, it was like interesting. It's there's pros and cons of having friends who do it and don't, you know? Yeah. 
it's a different, it's just a different world. And so I think you obviously got into it because it's something you were passionate about and then it just took you to where you are. But I think when you're going into such a new environment and Mm -hmm. monetizing something that's never been seen before. I remember when blogging first started taking off and Emily Gemma was the very first person and she's like my dream guest putting this out there into the universe. But she's, I just watched her grow and how much she monetized. I'm like, there really is money here. For you specifically, when did you start to see things come together? Was there a certain time like after two years or what really planted the seed? Like, hey, this can be a business. So when I first signed with a YouTube network, I started my channel really when I was 15, I guess, like right around my 16th birthday. I signed with a YouTube network that year. And I remember being like, okay, I thought I was going to make $5. Like I actually thought that it would be $5 and that was it. And, but for whatever reason, I still was like, this is going to be a career. Like, I don't know how I just, in my head, it was always, there was just no other option for me. And then I moved out, um, to LA and obviously before that point I had realized like oh I can make money and I can do this and at that point it wasn't like I was making like so much money it was like like, I'm gonna be broke and living in LA but like it will be worth it for me um so I would say probably 17 it was like probably like two years into it because it was right before I turned 18. Okay. Gotcha. And then when did you start to, so you did the YouTube channel and all of that. When did you take that into podcasting? Did you just, you kind of mentioned that you knew it would turn into other businesses. Mm -hmm. Was that a gut thing or for people out there listening? I know there's a probably a ton of people who want to get into the social media space or maybe they're launching a YouTube. What advice would you give for them? Yeah. So I started my podcast um, in 2018. I started my YouTube channel. I feel like 20... 13, 14. My channel's been up since 2012, but I didn't start posting then, I don't think. I don't know. But anyways, I did start my YouTube channel later. I'll <laughs> we'll put it in the notes. <laughs> it was three years ago, guys. Um, but yeah, I think with social media, the thing that's cool about it is that you can constantly evolve and go onto different platforms and build different businesses and stuff. So I am just like naturally as a person who I am is like, I am a host like that. Even when I was younger, I was like, I want to do like red carpets. Like I don't have any really, unless it's the country music awards, I have all the interest in the world, but I don't have interest in being like a full-time host necessarily just because I want to live in Dallas. But I loved just podcasting. I'd listened for years and I really wanted to. I had a manager who was like really against the idea. He was my number one hater. Ended up finally leaving him and I started my own podcast. And yeah, that's just kind of how it started. But it's been cool, especially when you have a career on social media. Like the advice I would give, and it's so cheesy and it's what everyone else says ever, but like you have to be authentic to you. Because even if like, let's say you don't care at all about the like actual moral value of being authentic, like for whatever reason, that is my number one like core value. I can't do anything that's inauthentic to the point where it's like actually probably not a good thing. I should probably like spice some things up. I would grow faster. I'd be a lot bigger. But also let's say like, okay, slime is going viral on TikTok. Okay, great. You gain 5 million followers on TikTok. But like, let's say you want to host a podcast or you want to start a clothing brand. Those 5 million followers on TikTok are not going to convert. You are much better off having 50,000 followers on whatever platform that are true to you and follow you for you than you are having 5 million followers in another realm that makes no sense and isn't going to convert. So it's just like the best thing long-term to just from the start be like, this is me, this is who I am. Cause you want to attract the audience that is actually there for you. And take that a step further. What are specific things that you've done that are authentic? I, we seem like we're very similar people. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm the same person. I'm very, someone at work called me like a loose cannon. Like I just kind of say what I want to say. It's what I believe in. If it goes in my mind, it's coming out my mouth. And it's never in a way, like I'm never trying to offend someone, but I'm very true to who I am. And I show up in this room as I am with my friends and my family, like I'm always the same, but be specific again, if there's people out there listening that are trying to go in this and just for me selfishly as well. Mm-hmm. Just like specific things I've done. Yeah. Like that are authentic to who you are that have helped you grow an audience. Um, Randomly reading has become a really huge part of my following. I read a hundred books in 2021. I love reading. It's like my favorite thing. I don't really watch TV to answer any questions. How I read so much. I don't watch TV. I only read. And if, like anyone would read. It's not that impressive if you don't watch TV. Like it's it's just like the same thing time wise. Watched much TV either. So yeah. yeah, I just I have like no oddly I have no attention span for TV, but I do for a book. I don't know what that is about. But books have been good. It's really just evolved with me over time. Like when I was in college, it was more of my like college content, and then post grad was a lot of cooking and books, or has been a lot of cooking and books, and like me going out or drinking, which I it's, I guess that's I talk about it, but I don't really like 
I don't share when I'm out. So like maybe that's not a huge part of it. Um, I started saying breadwinning housewife as a joke and then, which is like what I had become. And the idea behind that, it's not actually that you need to be a breadwinning housewife. I'm one, I'm not a wife and two, like I can't be the, I am a breadwinner, but like I'm not a, a couple right now. So like, it's a joke, but the idea is that like, you don't have to fit a certain mold and you can be whoever you want to be and like create the life that you want to live. So I started saying breadwinning housewife as a joke. I wasn't like, I had no idea it would turn into something and then it really stuck. And so then we like built it out with the, like a merch line and we're working on a lot of product and like a pop-up shops and things for the rest of the year. So it's just been like random things that I'll say, like it's not even necessarily strategic. Yeah. It's just like naturally kind of following ebbs and flows of my life. And whatever I'm interested in at the, at to- at the time, I feel like attracts like people, like like-minded people. So is that where the Bread Breeding Housewife, I know that's your first brand that you launch or like the first- yeah, it's not even technically, I mean, I do have the trademark. It's not even technically brand. It's just like, a mer- it's now like the merch line essentially. So I guess it is technically brand, but it's, I mean, it's not the first merch I've ever done. It's just, we did it and we had, I had no idea the response would be what it's been. So now we're just kind of like going with it. It was really just the, like, let's throw things out and see what sticks. And breadwinning housewife has, is like the number one thing. Yeah. Which is also too, for people who take, I think the one thing with social media that sometimes I even that like have fear around is that people take things so literally Mm -hmm. when it's not that literal and I'm a very sarcastic dry sense of humor person and you say one thing and people are like oh my gosh and take it so many different ways and it's good to see and I know you're one of many that just throw out very sarcastic content and it's just like life is not that serious no it's not that serious and people have become so judgmental and so critical of everyone else and it's like also, a lot of people who have like literally not, con- it's like 12 year olds who have like really not contributed much to society at all. So it's like when you have opinions, also side note on like how people run their businesses or how people are doing this or X, Y, and Z, and you have like not done any of that, like just stop talking. It's actually so annoying. We were talking about this before. It's the people who are like people who are doing more than you will never have anything to say. Like they're busy doing their own thing. It's always the people who are doing less, not in like a condescending way. It's just that like, those are the people who have things to say. So it's a hard balance. And I, when I first started this podcast, which maybe I'll share the story one day, but I basically found out that someone was like trying to take down my podcast and was just writing hate mail on my podcast. And I knew it was personal because of things they were writing. It just seemed personal. Like yeah, you just you feel in your gut. And there's a part of me after that whole situation that I knew I would never stop the podcast, but it was like, am I ready for this? Am I ready to take the heat of thousands of people just coming at you? And I know, and you can kind of speak to this, like when you build an audience, it's mostly people that support you, but it seems to be that the 1% that doesn't is the loudest. How have you mentally balanced this? I know you talked a little bit about this, like on your Instagram stories of just like keeping a positive mindset, even when you're dealing with all types of challenges. And I know, I think you made a joke about like you had financial freedom, which we'll get into in a little bit, but like sometimes emotionally, it's just hard to keep that straight line. How do you, how do you do it? Yeah, I think it depends on where I'm at in life. If I'm in a more vulnerable place, just emotionally, it affects me more. If I'm not, I don't care at all. Like it's really crazy how I will go from like two into the spectrum of not caring at all or like being like, I'm don't, I'm gonna die basically. I will say my audience, I'm really lucky in that for the most part are like so nice. Like the nicest, coolest people, they'll come up all the time. My friends are always like, they're always cool. Like and not everyone's audience is like that. Like some people just have a large majority of them that are just not very nice. So I will say I'm very lucky in the fact that like the community I've built, it's very nice. Obviously there are hate comments. Obviously there are people who are like coming after you and it just, it's, I don't know. I think it, it can if I let it get really bad, it will get really bad. I think online, for whatever reason, like people love addressing things all the time. I think that's one of the worst things you can do. Unless you need to like apologize or something. I'm just talking about like hate comments. Addressing things on the internet is, in my opinion, really bad. Because what I've seen is when people are addressing something constantly, it just, it's like feeding into it. And mm-hmm. they want a response. So the more you feed into it, the more hate comments you're going to get. So I wouldn't do that. But I just think like, I am a very whole person outside of the internet and my job and I have a great family and I have great friends and I just have a full life with or without this. So I think that that's really helped me because I don't find my like identity online. With that being said, I'm a human. Like there's going to be things that are starting. I'm starting a brand now and it's like 
our price points are not fast fashion price points and they're not merch price points because it's a clothing brand that is going to be totally outside of like Kenzie Elizabeth. So I'm like, even with that stuff, I'm like, I'm anticipating the hate. I already know it. Like, I just also know it beforehand that it's going to happen. And as long as like, I know and like, I'm doing the best that I can. I'm just like, there's only so much you can do. But I like actually talked to my therapist about this because people are so just mean and critical and like you can't do anything right and I don't know what I think it's like just a combination of it was already a thing and then also the pandemic I think everyone was unhappy and then internet trolls are already unhappy so then you make the whole world unhappy and then it's just obviously it's gonna it's gotten so much worse in the past two years is what I'm trying to say but I don't know I don't think there's like an, a straight shot answer it's just like it depends on the day and you I just have like a now I think in the phase of life I'm in currently where it's not affecting me as much I just am very like sure of myself and I feel good about myself but if I'm more vulnerable and I'm not sure about something then I'll like listen to it more it's hard and even if you know I mean I'm a pretty strong-willed person but still when you see this stuff yes and it's funny because I've also been doing this for like eight years though so I'm so used to it it rolls off I've heard every single thing you could ever hear about like mean thing you could ever hear about yourself so at this point like I think they're funny. Like we were on a trip this weekend with a bunch of girls. We were reading like the hate comments about ourselves and like laughing at them. Like you, you can get to that point, but it's like, it doesn't always stay that way. You know, my next question was, does it make your job as you've gotten more successful and build a bigger, bigger, bigger audience? Do you feel that it's made your job harder? Are there ever times where you're like, okay, this is just ridiculous, but this is my job. Yeah. I think it's definitely made it harder. I just like, I'm constantly trying to get ahead of something. If I know that it's going to spark some sort of someone's going to be mad or someone's going to be upset, specifically the clothing brand, like I don't, it's like, it's self-funded. I'm paying for it. Like my business partner and I are paying for it. So it's like, I don't have all the money in the world to come out with exactly like all the size range that I want to, which is like my number one goal. But in order to like make that money, we have to launch product to then put it back into to then expand sizing like we it's just like we can't afford everything that we want to do from the start so and that bothers me more because it bothers me like I care so much about having that so I'm like I just want to get to the point where we already have it and I don't want anyone to feel like they're not included and all this stuff so I think like it does affect me in the sense of like I am constantly like trying to get ahead of something one because I don't want uh, some person to like feel any sort of type of way like negatively like not even towards me just in general and then two it's just scary. Also, because I'm front facing anyways, like I feel like people can start a business or a brand. And if the people are mad about the business or the brand, they're just mad at that and whatever. They're not mad at like someone personally. They don't yeah. know who it is. So it does. There's challenges, but then there's obviously like there's so many pros. Like now uh, there's a customer base. There's already community. Like there's the pros by far outweigh the cons, but it definitely just like adds layers, you know? It Because most jobs are... 90% of jobs aren't, I mean, I'm in sales, so it's like I deal with customers, but they're not mad at me usually. They're mad at the product. Yeah. And so you're kind of just the barrier of like, hey, I'm just going to scream at you and I'm just the messenger or whatever is going on. But I think about that a lot because I mean, I've talked about this openly, but like if I would love to take this podcast full time sooner rather than later and that that there is a part of me that like gets stuck sometimes of am I ready to have this on a scale much larger than what I already dealt with and I do kind of agree with you it's like a 24 hour of like what the fuck did this person just Mm -hmm. say and then after that you kind of get over it but it is interesting when financially it's like this is yeah what is paying for your bills and all that type of stuff and you just mentioned your other brand so obviously this podcast is a lot about entrepreneurial type stuff what prompted that was that just you and your friend or give us a little background on that yeah so it's called the okine um one of my best friends jessica i call her jess you're supposed to call her jessica i'm working on it um we interned together and went to college together and so we have wanted to do something us two for probably like three or four years at this point like we were going to in college and that was before the pandemic and then i moved and then it's like a lot of stuff happened in between we would show up to class every day, like matching sets constantly. At the time, it was sweats. And so we at the we were like, oh, we want to do sweat sets. And then it became like the most oversaturated thing. And I'm also, I mean, I wear sweats all the time, but like I'm, oh, I can't even, if I were to yeah. do a business, I would, I, it's too 2020 for me. Like I can't do it. So then uh, we are talking about other things. We're like, well, I want to make like nicer matching sets. So it's like cotton, like they're actually like things that you would like wear, like as like real clothes, not sweatpants. So it's more elevated. So we wanted to do that 
we just kept constantly wearing matching sets. And I was like, the reason, too, that I love matching sets or even just having, like, the perfect thing in my wardrobe is because I... This is, like, really random, and I feel like only a select few people who have anxiety will really understand what I'm saying. One, obviously, the convenience of just, like, having your outfit done and ready, and, like, you don't have to think about it. And then if you want to style it a certain way, you can. You can, like, really put thought and effort into it. But also, like, I have anxiety. I've had anxiety my entire life. And just having things that I know I can just throw on, it takes no time, and I don't have to overthink it. It just help For whatever reason, it makes me feel so much more calm. So that's why I always wear matching sets. So as time went on, we finally, like, revisited the idea last summer. And it finally launches last, or next month. But we've been working on it forever and like it's so expensive and it's just been it's so much fun like it really is like my dream come true but it's definitely um like obviously it's not easy basically yeah which entre I don't think entrepreneurship is I think when you're going and you're mm-hmm. launching anything it's not easy and only in everything that I've learned just from different guests is that it's like it really is a mindset and it's just a personality to go out there and take the risks what are things that you've learned from YouTube the podcast breadwinning housewife and now oh kind and advice that you would give for people out there that are wanting to go down the same path or even just thinking about like maybe it's social media or maybe it's a, a clothing brand line I think you're in a lot of different areas that there mm-hmm. you can give a lot of good advice I think the hardest part of anything is just starting and I used to always say that with YouTube and then as I've just gone in different worlds or like interviewed so many different people I think it's actually just universally just actually starting something is the hardest thing to do even when we were starting with the oh kind I was like, I don't even know like how to get in touch with a manufacturer. Like, how do I even like we were literally were sitting there like, all right, we're starting. But like, what is the first step? step yeah. And so obviously it doesn't mean there's not going to be like so many struggles. But I think that people just get overwhelmed at the beginning and think that they or think that they have to be in the perfect space at the perfect time where everything makes sense and everything is lined up. And I just don't agree. Um, Michael Bostick always says this and he's like launched now just later. And like, I couldn't agree with that more. I just think that. It sounds stupid, but like I actually think it's the number one thing. The amount of people I talk to weekly who are like, I want to do this, but I haven't. And it's like, there's so many ideas, good ideas too. Some bad, some really great. The The difference is that like so-and-so started and you didn't. So I just think like the very, very beginning, obviously just starting is very, I, I sound stupid, but I think that that is like massive. Which is interesting. And I actually, in my last episode, I picked on him a little bit because I listened to that podcast mm-hmm. and they said launch fast and adjust. And I took that advice. And I do think a kind of going back to the personality, I have a personality that I will start, but I feel like where I yeah, then I understand, I yes, could have gone a little bit more is like, I do think that there needs to be more thought getting put in. I think if you're struggling to get started, not saying that it's not going to happen, but like if you can't get over that first hump, then you're never going to deal with the other struggles. But I feel like for me, I took that feedback or not feedback, that advice very literally. And then I kind of found myself wishing like, hey, when you launch it, maybe you should have done X, Y, and Z. And again, it's all learning lessons. Well, to be fair too, when I think launch now, adjust later, I more so mean start now. I don't even mean like launch publicly. So like, I guess that's, I don't think about it in that sense. So that makes that I understand. And I guess it's different because like a business is like start the business. So yeah, start the business plan or start talking about it. And in mine was like launching a podcast. And now looking back, there's a ton of things that I would have done differently. But but I think that's with everything. Like there's so many things. I started with Dear Media, which is like, I get, I cannot tell you the amount of people who ask me to connect them with Dear Media every single day. Like, I'm sorry, guys, I can't, I can't keep connected. Like I can't do it. But I will say like that there's so many things, every single thing I've ever done, even already now at the Okan, we haven't even launched yet, which we also couldn't, we are launching way later than I wanted to. There's always things that I go back to and I'm like, I wish I would have done that differently. Or I wish, like I look back at my like high school, college years on YouTube and I'm like, if I would have done this and this and this, like it would have grown so much more. I think it's also just like, it's valuable to learn as you're doing it and you're going to anyways, you know? Yeah. And it, sh- it is so interesting because every chapter of your life teaches you something different and mm-hmm. it's always funny to look back. But I always remember that advice and I guess it is just doing that initial thing and launching the podcast. And I don't feel like the when I first started it, the person I was with really pushed me to do it. And yeah. so I don't think had I had her, I wouldn't have done it. And I'm eternally grateful for this platform. But it's just interesting to think about it because I know every business owner has a different opinion on it. And sometimes I'm like, there's people who have these ideas and it, 
and when they're telling me, I'm like, I don't know if I was you, I don't know if I'd start because it yeah. seems too like everywhere and you're reaching for the stars that it might just suddenly fail unless you can like really learn how to adjust. But I do see what they're saying and the fact that stop thinking on it so yes. much and just do. So I agree with you and I'm more so in like start now, adjust later is what I mean. And also a lot of my businesses have like zero like it's most of everything up until the Okine. I haven't had to make a single investment to start it. So it's really easy to say it too when there's like no money involved. So I more so mean like start now, yeah. adjust later um, and waiting for like, there's never going to be a perfect time ever. So like, I just think that that is going to keep holding you back. Which is important for people listening to understand. And this is something that I remind myself all the time. There's never going to be a perfect time. And I tell myself this, I've been single and I, always push off dating. Like I'm like, maybe when I'm 30, maybe when I'm 35, like I just always have this thing. And I tell myself like, there's, you're never going to have the right amount of money, the right time. There's never going to be that perfect instance where you have an epiphany moment. Let's just do it. And maybe the idea comes to you and you're like, this is the idea. But I do agree with the timing. You're always going to be busy. You're always going to have something else you can do. So it's just making it a priority and really understanding like, Hey, this is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. I also think you can do things in like a smart way. I'm not, I don't think like quitting your job when you don't have something else lined up. Like that stuff is like, I mean, sometimes it works and like it really actually, I think it just depends on the personality type too. Yeah. But I'm not like telling everyone to like make reckless choices. I think that having like financial stability too helps you emotional, like it helps you, you know? So it just depends on the person. Which you led right into it. Cause I kind of wanted to touch a little bit on, uh, finances and where you're at. I know you touched a little bit on social media, just about like financial freedom and how you really have vertically integrated a lot of things. You took YouTube and you've just spun it in a, a bunch of different ways, which is exactly the direction even for me that I want to go. And I think there's a lot of successful entrepreneurs who take a landscaping company and do roofing and, yeah. you know, mulch, whatever it is. So from your from your perspective, what advice would you give for people like when it comes to a building finances and reaching out into different business ventures? So with social media, I don't I haven't counted recently. I had on average though anywhere from like seven to thirteen streams of income. Like there's so many ways that you make money because whether it's Instagram or TikTok or YouTube AdSense or YouTube brand deals or you'll even have like appearance fees for certain things or there's whitelisting. Con brands can just buy content from you. There's commission links. Podcasting is a huge one. Podcast live shows now was another thing I'm doing. Merch, starting other businesses. Like there's so many different streams of income. And so within my job, it's not even like, there's not really ever, I guess there are probably, I'm sure people are only on like one platform, which I would never recommend. Always, always, always have more than one platform and like be constantly actually investing into all those platforms. It's nice because it's just, that's kind of like even just the career structure for social media as a whole. You mm -hmm. just already have different streams of income. Honestly, like it is so easy to gain a following on TikTok versus any other social platform. I hate that I didn't jump on the bandwagon at the beginning, but I was like, I can't handle another social platform and now I love it. So like I should have done it. Yeah. It is like so much easier to get a grow on TikTok than it is on YouTube. With that being said, I don't believe the conversion is the same. Um, like I don't think like a TikTok view is the same as like a YouTube view necessarily, but it still is a great place to one, there's money in TikTok and two, there's eyes on TikTok. Lauren Bosick, actually, I'm like mentioning the Bosick so many times, but she always says like, go where the eyes are and the eyes are on TikTok right now. So like, if you are trying to build an audience, I would suggest TikTok. The other thing that's so helpful about it is that their algorithm like works for creators because it brings content to people that would they know would like it. Like I get Dallas TikTok stuff all the time because I live in Dallas and I love that. I get, I'm on book talk because I'm a reader. I never like searched that. It's just like what I interacted with helped. So I think over time your audience will come there. And that's not to say like, I don't have a million on, I don't even have a hundred thousand on TikTok. Like I don't have a huge platform on TikTok by any means. But um, I do think that TikTok is like the best place to grow right now. And it's something that like I'm trying to do more of, even though I just like, I like am not consistent and then I'm not and then I'm off and then I'm on, whatever. Um, TikTok would be great. I would also say it's the best for Instagram growth. I don't really grow on Instagram unless it's from TikTok, I think, or Instagram reels, which I don't watch Instagram reels, but they help my account grow. YouTube, I have no, I haven't grown on YouTube in years, but I just have a stable audience that like, it's fine. Yeah. YouTube is so difficult to grow on though. I will say, 
Um, but yeah, as far as like getting into it and growing, I would really focus on TikTok. Which is so interesting because you're like the 15th person that's told me that like take yeah. clip it clips it's from so your podcast and put it on there. And I don't know if I'm not doing the right. Um, I'm the do worst. Do you use hashtags? I do, but I'm the biggest thing with me with growing this podcast is I am the worst with social media. Like it's just yeah. I don't. I've never been a social media person. I get on it, but like do you I, use Canva? Yes. Okay, I was gonna say that's the that's also a great thing for like podcasts, Instagrams. Yeah, and just putting little clippets, but mm -hmm. I've been doing reels and stuff, and I'm at this place where like I need to grow this thing, but I don't even know where. And everyone keeps saying like put things on TikTok. Yeah, but I didn't know for you personally. I don't know how much TikTok transfers over to Instagram and vice versa or where you've seen most of your, I mean, financially is one thing, but just like most of your audience comes from because you're on basically every single platform. Yeah. Financially, I would say podcasting is probably the most lucrative at this point just because you can put four ads in each episode. Um, but growth wise, I don't know how much TikTok has grown my podcast necessarily. I would say podcast swaps are like the number one way that podcasts grow. But I think it's grown like my other social channels. And it, more than that, though, I think it's just kind of like a lot of people who like don't really watch YouTube anymore. Not that I don't, for the record, I do not think YouTube's dying out. I don't think YouTube will ever die out. I think YouTube is here to stay and is like the most stable because you always see people blow up on TikTok and then want to get on YouTube. Yep. So, and it's like, I think there's certain people who have done like such an incredible job on TikTok. Like Tinks is obviously like queen of TikTok and has done an incredible job with like building community. But I do think there's hurdles on TikTok where it's, difficult to build a community I think with me going on TikTok and just doing random stuff though it like for I don't know it just like makes me feel like I'm just like hanging out with people and it's a lot more like casual and relaxed and like my everything that I post is casual and relaxed but I think TikTok more so so I think growth probably TikTok and my, my podcast is growing but TikTok social platform wise I think is growing probably the most it's the short form. And yes. I will say I follow Kennedy Urich or whatever her name is mm -hmm. in Austin. And it's hilarious. I do think it's kind of like an Instagram story. She's a great one with community too on TikTok actually. Yeah. But I have noticed that you can build a huge audience on TikTok and then you look at Instagram and not that the two are the same. And I'm not saying you're not a great of a person or whatever yeah. it is. There's no bias, but I just thought it was interesting because you'll see people with significant amount of followers more on TikTok. And I do think too, it's a younger demographic who's on social media more. I think Instagram yeah. is starting to get older. Like my de demographic is 25 to 40, mm -hmm. which to me is like, that's people 15 years older than me. I'm only 25. So it's just interesting to see I think it's trending younger on TikTok than it is on Instagram. TikTok is definitely younger. It's Gen Z. And I agree. There's people with like a million on TikTok who will have like not that much on Instagram. There are always exceptions. Though. Like Kennedy is a great example of like in Tinks, like killing it on TikTok have like really, really made actual like communities on there. I just think that it's where it's more like given on other social platforms. I think you have to like work for it more on TikTok or it'll just, I think like Kennedy, it naturally happens because she's just so funny and everyone like wants to, watch her stuff all the time um but i don't i do think that like there are are like hurdles that are different and exclusive to tiktok yeah every platform and you're managing so many different platforms how do you do you take the same content i mean it's hard as a content creator because yeah. i think podcasting is definitely where i excel but i know i need to branch out but it's hard to take a long form content into short form how do you do it? So I don't. I hired for that. That was like the first thing I delegated. I just like the thought of running my podcast, like social media was like actually hell on earth. Like I was like, I can't do this. Also, I don't want to hear myself talk all the time. So I do have someone that runs um, the podcast, Instagram and TikTok and YouTube. So I don't actually do it, but I like know, like, obviously I'm like, I'm incredibly involved in it. I'm yeah. just not the one editing constantly because I just like really wouldn't have time with like YouTube and yeah. everything else um but it's yeah it was like definitely the first it was one of the first things I think I actually it may have been the first thing I delegated completely that's so, the, that's yeah. the, literally the first thing I did how do you strategize what content you're putting out there so how do you have a calendar or you, when you're podcasting and then you have Instagram and YouTube how do you prioritize or come up with what the content you're having each week so YouTube I, this is hard because I'm on so many platforms and I think yeah. about this a lot. I think TikTok is a lot more Dallas content, product, outfits, funny trends, things like that. Instagram is just whatever I'm doing at the time. A lot of outfits, my life, whatever it might be. Recipes. I don't post recipes on TikTok. 
And then YouTube is really just my life. So it's like long form vlogs. And that's where I think like the most dedicated that and podcasting, anything where it's long form, I just found obviously when people are investing in your content long form, like that's a given. They're going to be more invested in general. Um, But YouTube, I mainly do vlogs where it's just like week of my life videos, which is what people always want the most of from me. But I am going to start doing other videos that will gain like a new audience because I am queen of like sticking to vlogs because those are my favorite things anyways like I just love vlogs and that's all I watch on YouTube but I need to start making content not just for my returning viewers but for like gaining new viewers yeah so I am gonna start doing that again um but yeah I mainly just do vlogs on YouTube Instagram is just like kind of my whole life as it is and then TikTok is like Dallas books products outfits yeah I I always, I mean, and it's an industry that, you know, I'm trying to get into, but there's still part of me that I'm like, there's so much that you can do and you can share. And then there's a part of me that's like, do people actually care about what I'm doing? Like, do they actually care about about 530? You just always go. Well, people do. And I, I think this about vlogs all the time, like my life, even though I will say I actually do love my life and I do have a very cool life. Like I say, I do the same thing every day and I do when I'm home, but like I do travel and like, I just have yeah. a very inconsistent life. I think is really what it is. But I always feel like, oh my God, no one's going to care about this. Like, this is a, a vlog I'm at my house. No one cares. And it's like, it is a home vlog where I'm literally doing the same thing every day. But it's always my favorite, like people's favorite video of all the content that I post, of all the podcasting, of everything. It is always either my solo podcast episodes or when I'm just at my house doing nothing. And it's like, that's universal. That's for all of my friends. But I feel the same way when I watch videos. I don't even care to watch a travel vlog. Like I want to watch my friends like, or whoever I'm watching like at their house. It's very odd. It's got to be something in our subconscious. I do think too, it's relatability. So mm-hmm. people, and you'll see a lot of times that people, the bloggers or influencers or whatever you want to call them that were posting about their vacations and going places started to dwindle. Yes. And you can see everything has switched to at home because I think 2020 had a lot to do with that, but it's just more relatable. How many people can go to Bora Bora and do all these things? So I do feel like as it became, I don't like the word saturated because I think there's enough room for everyone. But as more people started to come on the platform, I think that's where you kind of saw that switch because you can, and I know for me, I follow people that I can relate to. If I feel like you're way too over the top or you're saying certain things and you're not being authentic and I know because I can tell because I just feel it, that's when I'm like, I'm out, unfollow. My friend Emma, I I actually think we recorded this on an episode, but she was talking about how like her first few years of Instagram were like crazy traveling over the top all this stuff and like had the most beautiful feed you've ever seen and then it was when she was home in quarantine and didn't leave her house and wore sweats every day when her account really took off I'm like I it's the relatability aspect and then also I think like with you saying oh do people care it's obvious it's imposter syndrome I had a imposter syndrome freak out on the way here because of an email I got like it that is like so normal and it's all you it's not interesting to you because it's your life and you do it all the time but it's interesting to other people or it's just like comfort watches even you know it doesn't need to be like this crazy over the top thing because people don't even relate to that anyways. So you should just like do it. And also the last thing I'll say about social media, even if you're like, I don't know what I want to do. Like I don't, it's just overwhelming, whatever. Just try different things on different platforms and see what hits. Okay, I'm done. (laughs) It's hard to know what. And I think too, there is so much advice that people give you on what to do. And I even feel that like overwhelm of do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. And then it's like, okay, where do you even start? And it's hard. And it's funny too, because so many people always in comments and even like my own family members be like, I feel like bloggers make so much money and what do they do? I'm like, you guys don't understand how hard their job is. This is a 24 seven constant job. Also, you're getting hate mail. I don't even have that big of a podcast and I can only imagine being on your scale and having a hundred thousand people following me coming at you. Like it's just, Mm -hmm. there's a different level of responsibility. Is that something that you feel resonates with you and your journey? Yeah. And I think I've always got, I mean, like everyone's always said the thing about like social media, like you make so much money, you don't work, whatever. Like I just, I don't even like care about the argument at this point because like whatever. But I do think like, my friends will say that all the time. They're like, I just like would never want to. They're like, it doesn't matter. Like, it's just, there's a lot of things that are actually hard and people just don't realize how much work goes into things. I'm not like a brain surgeon. So like, it's not like that, but I'm yeah. just like, there is just so much, especially when you're actually on other platforms and building other businesses and doing things. Like it isn't just like you post an Instagram photo and you make X amount of money. Uh, it also takes like eight years. Like it, now, I, yeah, I can post an Instagram photo. I shot an Instagram campaign today, but it was like, it actually took me eight years to get 
to like that rate though. So it's not like this over, I mean, sometimes it is overnight and that I'm not like taking away from that, but I'm just saying like, it isn't um, like this super, super easy thing. I'm not saying that I'm a brain surgeon, but I'm just saying like in general, it's, there's a lot more that goes on than people realize. Give credit where credit's due. People are so, this is easy or you should do this or, and even I, I mean, again, I always throw myself under the bus, but as a guinea pig, like, it's a lot harder than you think it is, especially when you're starting from day one. And is there one thing that you, a piece of advice that you would give for people, whether it's consistency, whether it's just starting on being successful in the long term? Because I do think most people who have, and maybe you disagree with this, overnight success usually don't have the longevity as someone who is in it for the long haul. I was talking about this in another interview today. Slow and steady wins a race. There is a one in a billion chance you're going to be the Addison Ray who actually lasts and the D'Amelios who last. There's a lot of people, like if anyone remembers Alex from Target, like overnight internet sensation gone the next week. So I think there's just, there's a lot of power in longevity and being consistent over time. I think that is the biggest thing. I've never just like blown up over, I've never blown up overnight but I've had a lot of the same people following me for like years and years and years. And that's a different level of dedication. And I might not have like the biggest podcast or YouTube channel in the world, but I have a very loyal audience. And I think that that comes from, I've been incredibly consistent. I don't think I've even, I don't think there's been even a week on YouTube that I haven't posted pretty much ever, like maybe once. Like I just, I'm, I've never missed a podcast upload ever since I started. I'm just very consistent and I treat it like it's actually a job. I'm like, there's not an option for me because it is my full-time job. Like what else I need to be doing? It like, there's what else am I supposed to be doing? Um, but overall, I would say be yourself and build the audience that you want, not what is doing well on the internet necessarily. And then be consistent and know that like slow and steady wins the race. If I would have blown up and just gained this following at 16, I would have screwed it up somehow. Maybe not screwed it up, but like, I just don't think it would have been good for me at that time emotionally I'm so grateful that I have it and that I've had this like slow build up um but yeah overall I think just like being very true to yourself because that's actually going to gain the audience that you want and that you end up needing and then just being really consistent I feel as if every person I always say consistency too I think it's hard it's usually an endurance game and most people stop and I mean spiders even like told me this he's like people drop off at 20 then they drop off at 50 episodes and then all the time Yep. Yeah. So it's just like, how do you get past that? And you have a lot of people who reach out to you. And I feel like you're always giving advice on being in your 20s. And I laugh because a lot of the advice that you're giving to people, I'm a year older than you, but it's like the exact same mm-hmm. advice that I would give. Do you feel that's where a lot of your audience looks to you for, for that advice on just being a girl in your 20s and dating? Because I feel like that's a lot of your brand and who you are. Yeah, I feel like that's kind of naturally evolved. The podcast, I wouldn't even say when I started it was like, oh, advice for your 20s or like living yeah. in your 20s. But I, it's like heavily 20s focused. If I put anything about 20s in the episode, it does far better than the other episodes. People just love dealing with your 20s. And for whatever reason, like even though you would think it's talked about more, it's actually really not talked about. You would think it's like the, a common theme. And when I was like, okay, I'm 23 and I'm miserable and I'm so confused, it resonated with so many people. I get messages every day from girls who are like, okay, I'm so conf-. Like, it's always about my 20s. So I think that like naturally happened, but I just had, I recorded an episode with a friend who was like who I go to. Um, and she's in her 30s about like advice for her 20s. And finally I was like, I need to have you on the podcast. And it's like one of our most downloaded episodes. So I think that it just like, nat- it's another thing that's kind of like naturally evolved. Yeah, it's hard. And I honestly was journaling about this last night. I'm a huge like meditator and journal, as everyone knows. And I was thinking about how hard it is from a career standpoint, not only from a personal standpoint, you're getting you're graduating college you might lose all of those friends and then you're gaining some more. You're moving to a new city. I moved from Ohio to Dallas and then you're throwing in a career and nine times out of 10, I mean, you're lucky that you found a career that you loved and you, but a lot of times it's people who were like, I don't like any of the things that I'm doing and trying. It's just a, a 10 years and I'm only five years into it. And literally last night around drill, I'm like, this chapter is so hard. And I feel like I'm 10 steps ahead of everyone else. And it's still so challenging mentally to understand like, so much is going on. I thought I would be totally fine graduating college because I was already in my career. So I was like, oh, yeah. like, all the post-grad blues that people were telling you. Like, I just didn't think I would experience it because I thought it was 
Like, I'm not changing my career path. So I can't even imagine, like, when my friends are down and they hate their jobs. I'm like, I, like, I love what I do. And I'm still struggling in my 20s. So I can't even imagine. Like, I'm so grateful for that. So I'm never like, I'm like everyone else because I'm not. Like, I, I know that. But as far as like career stuff goes too, I just feel so bad. That's Jason Tardick's new book is basically all about like career change and whatever. And I was reading it today and I literally texted like four friends and I was like, you need to read this book. But it is just such a difficult time in your life. You're so confused. You're typically like single dating, which is like another thing that's just like exhausting. Don't live in Dallas because if you're not 25 and married, then you've done your whole life wrong. I don't feel that way at all though in Dallas because none of my friends are doing that at all. Like I, every people say that all the time. I'm like, I have a group of like 20, 30 people that I'm around and like two of them are dating. I'm so lucky. But like, are you in the city and feeling that way? I need to join your friend group. Yeah, I'm like, I don't feel that way at all. I have so many friends who are like 30 who are single. I, I Maybe it's because I'm single, so I attract single friends though. That's probably what it is. I, everyone I work with is basically mm-hmm. married and they're in their 20s. Some of them are from Fort Worth. Uh, yeah, and then well. like, I have two really good girlfriends that are in their 30s and they're obviously both in a serious relationship or one's married, one's in a serious relationship. And then like my best friend here is single. And that's why her and I are best friends, I think is because I mean, we're very yeah, but similar people, helps. but I swear to you, it's like- No, none, no- of us, none of us are dating. Also, everyone's like wild. Like no one- I'm not kidding. Like, and also just like no interest in it. But there's a large group of us. I mean, some of them have interest in it. Just like not happening. Yeah. But there's a really large group of us that just don't. But also keep in mind, like I'm at bars all the time. Yeah. So like naturally, I'm going to be around single people. So I think it's just like the situations that I'm putting myself in make sense. And I'm not working a corporate job. So that's probably why I feel that way. You get to 25 and I know. I already feel it coming on. I was talking to my dad this morning and I'm like, I just can't hang like I used to. Like I have too much going on, which like I go in and out of my party phases. So like, we'll see. But like, yeah, I I, I already feel it coming on. So it's It's just a different. And honestly, when I was 24 until I feel like 2022 was the year that things kind of shifted. Like I'm about to be 26. I'm moving into that phase of like, okay, now now the people that are 22 and you don't even have a job Mm -hmm. or paycheck, you're still probably your parents are still paying for your house yeah. or you're older and you're married with kids and mine's like also opposite because I started working so young that I didn't go out and do things because I was working all the time and living in LA. I was just busy so I really like I went out probably like 17 to 20 stopped drinking completely for two years and then moved back to Dallas and then started going out again at like 23 so like I've gone in and out of my phases basically but I just I don't know I maybe I'm just like really lucky and I just don't have that problem yet. I keep thinking like I'll start dating when my friends are dating, but I just don't even know if I'll do that. So it's definitely different. And this is the first year that I told myself like you, I'm allowed to date, which sounds so bad, but I'm like, just, yeah. I wanted to be somewhere else. Like financially, the podcast is getting off the ground. Like just a lot of things in my personal life that I want to make sure I was in a space where I could give. I'm like, it's psycholy independent to the point yes. where. No, I feel this. It's, I think that's also a trauma response that I'm working on. Mine's like very extreme, not saying that yours is, but I think that that's mine. Like feeling like you have to be like in this perfect spot with every single thing checked off in order to, it's just, yeah. I would say mine's more fear of being in a relationship because I've literally never in my life been in, been in a relationship and I just don't even know what I would do with someone else. Like I wouldn't even yeah. know what to do with this responsibility. I'm like, what do I have to talk to you all the time? Like that is yeah. my, I'm like way too independent, which is also a problem. It's like either you're codependent and you're always want to be with someone or you're psychically independent, which is me. And yeah, I can't imagine having to like, check in with like spend time with like it sounds horrible but I'm like I I leave all the time I can't imagine like being in a relationship right now so it's just a different level of respect like respect too and it sounds so bad and it sounds so condescending and everyone always tells me when you find the right person you'll never think twice about it but even when I date people I'm always like okay well if I found someone that was cuter I would kind of ditch you so it's and it's not yeah then maybe it's just not the right person yeah I keep telling I tell my friends that too I'm like well when I meet someone then yeah but like I haven't met anyone that I want to date there's no one that I've even dated before that I would want to be with thank god I'm not with any of them no like great guys just not for like we're not good together so I can't even imagine like yeah maybe it's just like we'll just meet the right person one day and then yeah and I do think too Dallas has a lot of good people and I I hear a lot of people like, oh, is it good dating in this city? I think it's all about perspective. Yeah. I mean, if you have a negative mindset going to like, I'm never going to meet anyone, obviously you're not going to meet uh-huh. someone. It's like, that's just not realistic. But I do think there are a lot of good people in Dallas. It's just like filtering through the people that are trying to get married tomorrow. Or it's like probably more people towards- who are trying to get married. Never. Yeah. Yeah. 35. Yeah. There's like not very much of an in-between. So, yeah. but 
thank you so much for being on the podcast. I have two final questions. The first one is, is there any other pieces of advice that you want to leave the audience with, whether it's personal, whether it's dating or in your 20s or whether it's professional starting a business? Are there two to three things that you can leave the audience with? Well, thank you for having me. <laughs> um, ironically, okay, what I hate it so much, and I don't think I hate it as much as I did a year ago, but what I really had trouble with was like the number one thing that you're going to feel in your 20s is uncertainty. And again, I'm 24, I'm no pro, but like this is also for my therapist. So like you guys are welcome <laughs> for free therapy. Um, the like constant thing that you're going to feel is uncertainty in your career and relationships and dating, like whatever it is, even like who you want to be, what you want your life to look like. And it was the second that I just like leaned into the uncertainty and was like, all right, it's fine. And like over time, it got so much better. But I found that like leaning into uncertainty just helped me emotionally so much. And then it also helped me business-wise. Like anytime I'm like, okay, I'm going to actually like lean into this when I'm, it's like something that's like really, really bothering me. It always helps me. So if you're in your twenties like and you're feeling uncertain, um, that's like completely normal. And that's like how you're supposed to feel. Career-wise would be, just listen to your gut. Like I, any, t like any mistake I've ever made or anything I look back like at and I'm like, oh my God, I wish I wouldn't have done that. Or I wish that this would have happened or I wish I would have done that. I ignored myself. Like I ignored my gut and I listened to other people around me. It's incredibly important to have other people that you can talk to that are mentors or that know more than you or are wiser. But at the end of the day, like no one knows you or your business really more than you do. So I would trust your gut. Like I should have started a podcast two years before I did. And I, by the time I started it, I started it the same week that like all of my friends started it. And if I would have started two years before, who knows what would have happened. So I would just say like, trust your gut, which again, sounds like cliche and generic, but I'm giving you good examples. Okay. It's hard to know. And I had a situation earlier where I felt that it was right in my gut, but then, and then something else happened and it kind of like shakes you up. And I think you, my logic brain talks me out sometimes of following your gut and yeah. every single time I don't, I end up in a situation where I knew what I should have done and I just didn't listen to myself. Yep. So we're saving you time and time is money and time is one thing you can't get back. So thank you so much. The final question is, Kenzie, what are you grateful for today? Um, It sounds really cheesy, but I think like the community that we've built has been the best thing that's ever come out of my job. Job, I mean, it is, I don't say job in quotes, but like it's a real job, yeah. but you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, especially just today, I just had a few interviews and like, that's always what people have been talking to me about. And I'm like, it actually is so cool. And I don't want to get to the point where like, it's so normal that I don't think it's like really cool every day. Like I really do. I'm not at that point for the record. Um, but today, especially I'm like, that's just like, I'm just really grateful. I think for the community online. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And I, it's, it's hard, especially when you put so much work into it and that is your, it is your full-time job. So it's something yeah. that you want to obviously, and the people around you that are paying attention to you. So thank you. I am grateful for my health. I say that a lot on this podcast, but I think it's something that's easily overlooked and I'm in a phase of health right now and I am healthy. So I am grateful for that. And thank you all for tuning in. We will talk to you next Monday.